Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, MMA man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? It's going good. No, Thursday, one day closer to Friday. Everything starts and sits. Let's get it rolling. Absolutely. And um, if you guys haven't been watching, if you're not watching the Thursday night game right now while we're recording this, man, Minshawio, uh, the rookie, he's looking fire out there, swagging it, just throwing touchdowns everywhere as he pleases. Watch out, Nick Foles. You might not have a job when you come back. <laughs> Chill. I think he'll go right back to the to pine, holding the clipboard. They put a pretty penny in him, but mm-hmm. he is looking better than expected. Though. Yeah, he definitely. That's for sure. Yeah, six-round pick, unexpected to see this kind of production from him. But before we get into our starting sets, just a couple things to newsworthy. One thing is uh, really big. Cam Newton it seems not on track to play on Sunday pretty concerning it looks like uh, Kyle Allen will be the starting quarterback of the Panthers come Sunday this this definitely has a major factor on you know your Carolina receivers Christian McCaffrey Greg Olson a lot of these players are already expected to play very well this coming weekend with Cam and this like mediocre Cardinals team but uh, Jim do you think that you think Kyle and Allen will have any help for this Carolina offense yeah I think he could stabilize the offense for sure just because he didn't even perform in week 17 last year and had a above average game if you ask me i know there was a high scoring game but he still put up at least 20 fantasy points and curtis samuel christian mccaffrey had an excellent game if i recall curtis samuel and dj moore finished with double digit fantasy points so at the end of the day the carolina panthers aren't going to be without offense he, i think he could just hold it up just to let him float and keep alive while cam newton's on the shelf no, absolutely. Yeah, he did put up two touchdowns and two hundred over two hundred yards. So, you know, he has some ability to him to actually produce. But I guess we'll see when come Sunday comes. Besides that, nothing else really that crazy happened so far. I mean, we've talked about a lot about what happened over the weekend already on our earlier podcast this week. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's great. It's a great. It's a great listen. But let's just get right into the starting sits early on. We're going to start, you know, as we always do, we're going to break it down game by game, have some questions, some major questions in, about the game, and we're going to go from there. So we're going to do with the Dallas and Dolphins game. Some things we got to worry about off the hand is, Jib, is there any Dolphins worth starting? Nope, but like you stated in the previous episodes, Preston Williams can get consideration in deeper leagues. He is putting up some production, even though there is not production coming from the Dolphins' offense. 100%, I mean... I mean, Josh Rosen is the starter now, Jibs, so that could change things. Princeton and Rosen had some pretty good connections during preseason, so maybe that trickles into the off season, the regular season. They do something this week. I hope so. Ooh, sleeper waiver wire guy. No, no, Josh Rosen isn't going to be a streamer this week. But Preston Williams oh, no. could be. Preston Williams. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Josh Rosen. I'm like, come on, man. Oh, no. <laughs> it's more like a beat your waiver wire candidate. Exactly. Preston Williams. No, no, Josh Rosen... Yeah, you can keep him on the shelf a little bit more. Or just keep him Don't on the shelf. Yeah, he's in the waiver. Let's get into our next point. I, I One news I forgot to mention was Michael Gallup had a little injury in his meniscus. I think we did cover this on Tuesday. Him being out two to four weeks now, who steps up against this Dolphins defense? Is, is it Randall Cobb? Is it someone else maybe? Well, like you said, Randall Cobb is one of the players that came in my mind. But Devin Smith also comes in my mind. If I had Devin Smith and I had to play him, I don't think I would just because he only had 26% of the snaps last week. But at, since Michael Gallup is gone, 
he had the three catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. He gets more targets, more uh, routes to run. The sky's the limit for him, but Randall Cobb, even with the injury, didn't have that great of a game. So it's a coin flip, but I'll go with Randall Cobb to be safe and Devin Smith for upside. Couldn't agree even more. though uh, the injury doesn't seem that long-term. No, absolutely. It, it seems to be like he'll be back by the, by the middle of uh, October. But you're right. Devin Smith could be a. I think Devin Smith could be a real flyer this week. You know, he's the deep kind of guy. He's a deep ball kind of guy, and you know Miami's defense is just that bad, especially with Minnesota Fitzpatrick, which we didn't mention on Monday, uh, getting traded to the Steelers for a first round pick. So that could be an issue moving forward for that deep secondary where they're already limited in injuries. But another player I want to talk about, old man uh, Jason Witten. He came back. And so far this year, he's been looking really good, Jibs. I don't know about you. I know you're a Philly fan, but Jason Witten, you know, two touchdowns, but back-to-back games, I think he could be a good, a sneaky start this week at your tight end position. Of course. Like you said, I'm a Phillies fan. I don't really deal with Cowboys. But Jason Witten, I picked him up in my 12-man three wide receiver league. I have O.J. Howard. He has put up absolutely nothing the last two weeks, maybe four fantasy points or six fantasy points, and I can't deal with that. But I know Jason Witten's good for three to four catches and a touchdown last two weeks against the Dolphins. You can sign me up. I think the Cowboys have have plenty of opportunities to get to the Reds. Yeah, it's a very good uh, lineup for them this week. But let's get into our next game, Bengals versus Bills. One big thing that's been really bothering me this season so far is Joe Mixon. Is, 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 he, is he due to rebound this week? Because he's... You know, he's been very poor the last two weeks to begin the game. You know, 27 yards in two games. Just played 50% of the offense last week. Like, is this injury going to keep him from doing anything, Jibs? I wouldn't start him if... I wouldn't start him, but if you have other options, you can put them into it. He's still getting acclimated with his ankle injury, like you stated. He's to say that in week one. He has not had that great of games I, I pretty much call them poor games but he can rebound though he only had 27 yards on the season I think he could he could get that in a quarter against the Bills but like the Buffalo Bills are a tough matchup so I don't think he's going to have uh, RB1 numbers like he drafted them during draft season but he could have a low RB2 game if that but in my eyes it's a flex this week yeah, if I had him, which I don't, I, I would sit him personally. I think it's just the, I think offensive line, this offensive line is just really bad, and it's 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 really taking effect on him. But getting yeah, to this, his, oh sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, this sucks though when you have a second round pick and you're just like, oh, take I'm, I'm gonna sit Joe Mixon, and then you're gonna play what Ryan Mostert or something that you picked off the waiver wire last week, or. Just I would absolutely. Back. I would. I would start him this week against the Steelers defense. Absolutely, he looks really good as their. I'd start him over. I'd start Raheem Mostert over Joe Mixon. Yeah, it's just the reality check because it's just it's yeah. kind of man boggling. At this point now, draft draft stock doesn't matter anymore. So to me, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, we could go to the wide receivers in this. Do you think John Ross and Tyler Boyd are both starts this week against the Buffalo Bills defense? John Ross is definitely not a start this week. John Ross has been hot. I get it. I understand. But he versus trade to Davius White. Tredavious White is a lockdown corner, and he's been locking down everyone since he's the beginning of the start of the season. So I think he's going to have a rough week. But for his partner in crime, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd's due for a great game this week. I, 
I'm starting him in any way possible, flex, wide receiver, two, three spot, whatever you want to put him in. I think he's going to have a great opportunity. He's going to see more opportunity with you know, uh, Ross being covered pretty hard. So they're going to have to throw the ball to someone. Obviously, Boyd has been doing really well so far this season. I'm truly impressed. And the Bills have allowed, allowed a lot up to the corner position. Uh, the, not corner, but the slot position. So, you know, we can roll him out with, a, with confidence that he's going to produce for you this week. Yes, indeed. And also to your point about John Ross, he is facing Tredavious White. He's a monster corner. But the Buffalo Bills don't really allow big chunk plays. And John Ross's MO is big touchdowns on broken plays and stuff like that. So I don't think – I think Sean McDermott is going to coach up his uh, defense to have a little, like, indicator where John Ross is on the field. But, like, Tyler Boyd, I believe he's going to be a great start. I'll start him in anywhere I have him. Maybe he even gets a touchdown this week. He hasn't gotten one yet, but he has gotten the yardage in the, every game so far. We had 122 yards last uh, last week and 60 yards in week one, although it was on eight catches. But still, you have a uh, safe floor with Tyler Boyd. It seems like safe PPR for it. Uh, going into our next point, you know, I think, do you start the Bills offense? Is Josh Allen a start worthy? Are the running backs start worthy? I'll start a lot of Bills this week. Besides the running backs, I want to see how that situation shakes up first. Devin Singletary, you got to watch how the injury reports go on. So keep an eye on that. If he's not playing, you could definitely start Frank Gore. I think he has some consideration as a RB2 if you want to do it like that. Or he's definitely a solid flex for you and your team. John Brown's definitely a good start. Even Cole Beasley is surprising me for a safe PPR floor play. He's getting yardage. He's getting the catches. Him and John Ross basically mirrored in uh, receiving total yardage last week. So they're all good options. Even Josh Allen. You heard me last week. I told you. Drew Brees is out. Cam Newton's now out. Big Ben's out. We are going to the waiver wire trying to find anything that looks great to plug and play as the owners who lost those people. Josh Allen's going to be a good start. He has a good rushing floor. Cincinnati Bengals aren't that great of a team. Russell Wilson... And the Seattle Seahawks, the Russian team that we all think of, smoked them last week. So, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you, Jibs. You guys, uh, you know, start your Josh Allen's, start your John John Brown. You know, flex your Cole Beasley. I would start Frank Gore if you're in a in a pickle running back. You know, I think they're going to be ahead, and he could see some serious carries late in the game. And Devin Singletary could be a sneaky start too. He's been a kind of a, just a playmaker type. So, no, absolutely. Let me give you a. Let me give you a start and sit right here. Okay. Would you start Frank Gore or the Vata Freeman? Frank Gore. <laughs> without a doubt. Love Frank it. Gore, without a doubt. We'll get the Devonta Freeman later in this episode. Yes, we will. So, moving on to the Packers versus the Broncos. This should be a pretty decent, pretty fun game to watch. We have a couple things here, especially on the Broncos side. You know, Jibs, do you see anyone taking the lead in this backfield in Denver? Because so far it's been pretty slit for the most part. Friedman actually seems to be... I think Friedman is actually playing better statistically wise, and he's been just under under Lindsay in just about every category. But last week he actually outsnapped him. Uh, do you think Friedman could be taking the lead at this point? It's coming. I think Friedman's getting closer and closer to retaining that starting job. As we can see, the splits on the field the first two weeks, you really can't tell. They are getting split touches, but I think. Royce Freeman has a good shot to take the job, but I don't think either of them are great plays because it's kind of a carousel. No, that's a that's a great point. I, I can't argue with that at all. Not even a little bit. 
I'm really looking to get in those Friedman shares, guys. And if you can get him for cheap, I mean, he's probably going for cheap still. I wouldn't mind taking a shot at him. But another player on the team that's really, you know, someone might have to start this week is Cortland Sutton. Like, are we going to see a great Cortland Sutton this week from week one? Or are we going to see the mediocre one from from week two? I think he's going to be right in the middle. Couldn't agree more. He has, he has to come back to life between his two opponents. Obviously, last week he didn't have a great game against the Chicago Bears. Who does besides Emmanuel Sanders? <laughs> but I, I think a modest five for 70 yards could be in his wheelhouse this week, definitely. It all depends on Joe Flacco. If he has Emmanuel Sanders' eye like he did the last week, Cortland Sutton could be in trouble. But he's still getting targets, which is the crazy thing about it. So he has to be productive on the catching. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, has, I think, can be that kind of middle-of-the-ground kind of guy this week. I, I could see it really easily. So he could definitely be a, a decent flex play for you if, if you're looking for a flex receiver. Getting to the other side of the ball, though, there's some big questions. Do you start Aaron Jones this week? I was all over Jones as a great start, but... If anyone hasn't heard Matt LaFleur's little news nugget, he practically said he wants Jamal Adams more involved in the offense. I would still start. So, like, 27 touches last week seems a lot for a back not named Le'Veon Bell, but I could see him around 16 and 19 touches with Jamal Williams getting a little bit more. So we just got to kind of be hesitant on it. He still is going to be the lead back in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers definitely has his side of the offense too he wants to get him involved as much as possible Aaron Jones is a start this week even though it's not really sexy with the new news yeah you're right I actually didn't hear that until just now personally I mean the coach is gonna say things they're gonna always say they want to get more running backs involved and everything like that but you know you're gonna start Aaron Aaron Jones still this week there's no reason not to start him besides that news but he's gonna get his opportunities so he's definitely someone you could definitely throw in your RB2 spot and pretty confident that he should be a decent day out of him but going to the other side going to the wide receiver core of the ball though I mean you're going to start Devontae Adams of course but are you starting Geronimo Allison or MVS this week I don't think I'm going to I wouldn't start either but if I had to and someone put a knife to my throat I would think it would be Allison the Broncos have great cornerbacks and Chris Harris Bryce Callahan coming back in the mix I think that would make the matchup be facing MVS and Devontae Adams even Allison in the mix for matchup focuses for Aaron Rodgers to exploit. No, I, I, I'm really not confident in either of these starts right now. I mean, you can keep them on your bench, sure, but I've actually been dropping Allison a lot. I don't know. I just I don't see this offense doing very well right now, and maybe I'm dropping him just too soon probably, but you know, I, there's other players out there, out there right now who are showing better upside than Allison right now or MBS in general. I think they just need some time on this offense to really get things going, and it could take you know half the season before that really gets to a real effect. That's true. I like I said, I wouldn't start either, but if I was looking into the game plan and want to place a bet to see who's getting more yardage, I'm taking Allison on that for sure. Yeah, I get you, man. I get you on that. But let's get into the next game: Falcons versus Colts. And again, this is where we came back to our Devontae Friedman. Uh, how are your concerns? <laughs> how concerned are you with Devontae Friedman so far this season? I am so concerned about him. Like, he is practically like a milk carton, but he's getting touches. It's mind-boggling. He's getting touches. He's not doing anything with them. Edo Smith's getting pretty much equal share amount of touches as well. He's doing something a little bit better than him, but it just doesn't make sense. We all drafted him with a round four pick thinking that he's going to be electrifying and back to his old self, but he's really a shell of himself now. And the Atlanta offense seems more tailored to the wide receivers 
and the skill position players at this point. 100%. This is a passing team. You know, 2.2 yards per carry is not good. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Edo Smith, who actually has been running the ball pretty decent, gets more opportunity in this game because the Colts have let up some uh, running this so far this season. So Edo Smith could be a very, uh, very uh, sleeper kind of week to him. Getting into another person on the team, because you're going to start Calvin Ridley and you're going to start, you're going to start Julio, of course. Getting into the tight end positions, so someone who might need a tight end right now, Austin Hooper, is he, is he a start worthy for you this week? Steve, you know I hate tight ends, but he's a fine play. Like I said before, the offense will sling the rock. He has 15 targets on the year, 13 catches. His receiving yardage floor could be inconsistent, but if you take the average, it's around 40 to 50 yards. So that's a fine play for me as a tight end. And he's a pretty good tight end, but he, he plays right in the middle. He doesn't do too good always, and he doesn't play shitty for it. He does just enough to get it done. And speaking on Austin Hooper, actually, though I kind of bash him much, I didn't. It's not a bash. It's just being honest. We're actually doing on our Twitter page right now at Coaches Fantasy. We're giving away a free Austin Hooper signed jersey. You heard it here, signed jersey. All you got to do is like our page, follow, like our post, follow us, and just tag a friend, and that jersey could be yours. So just look out for that, guys. Yeah. Hooper. Can't date a free jersey, that's for sure. Getting back into our game here, going the other side of the ball now, the Colts. Do you think Jacoby Brissett could be a start this week for you, Jibs? I personally wouldn't, unless it's a two-quarterback. He's practically a game manager quarterback, averaging 168 yards per game. Yes, we could chase the touchdowns, but if they don't come, that stat line would be looking ugly after the 1 p.m. games this week. Oh, it would be really ugly. Well, I, honestly, he could be a decent streamer this week. Personally, I know he doesn't throw the, he doesn't throw the ball a lot. I think he has an opportunity against this Falcons defense. They just let up, you know, over like 250 yards to Carson Wentz in a injury-ridden second uh, receiving core. So, I could see I could see Drew Brissett having a big week. But yeah, but besides Joe Jacoby Brissett, do you think anyone else is startable on the Colts besides Mack and Hilton? Uh, unfortunately not. It's it, it's Mac and Hilton. You know, Hilton and Brissett have a nice connection, and Mac has a great offensive line. The tight ends are not a, a non-factor, and no one else seems to be stepping up right now in the receiving game. I think it's just those two. If you had anyone else on your team, I'd be surprised, to be honest. I don't think anyone else is worthy even rostering at this time, besides maybe Eric Ebron. Yeah, you also could keep an eye out for Jordan Wilkins. He could be interesting because Marlon Mack has to have it has to have a calf strain that he's nursing, so keep an eye on the reports. It looks like they're very optimistic that he will be able to play this week, but those type of injuries tend to linger on, so just be on the lookout. No, I completely agree with you on that. Going to our next game, though. Big game of the week, probably. Ravens versus Chiefs. Maul Jackson, Patty McCombs. Man, you can't get anything out of this and you haven't already got, but the real question is, who can you not start in this game? Oh, <laughs> I took that question as, who can you start? <laughs> no, who can't you start in this game, basically? Uh, let's see. Any wide receiver on the Ravens not named Marquise Brown, you can't start. I wouldn't start the running backs in this game. I wouldn't start Gus Edwards for the Ravens or the any other... Third stringers, I guess. Justice Hill. I hope not. Then for the Chiefs, I think the running backs are off the table. 
to be honest. Two of them are hurt, LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. Then you have to have the fill-ins, Daryl Williams and, I guess, Darwin Thompson. So Darwin Thompson so, is not a sneaky start for you this week. No, he, he is a sneaky start. It's just you got to watch the reports and see how the outcome is on the, the two running backs. He could be a fine play, but it was – wasn't didn't Daryl Williams come in late in the game last week to finish it off? Um, I think he did. Yeah, you're right. He kind of did. He was involved a lot more than Darwin Thompson, which was a bit, which which kind of was eye opening. But he's a big yeah, pickup so, this week in, and waiver. So someone someone was very keen on him. Yeah, so anything is a possibility, especially when you're playing for the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I just know any the wide receivers, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they're sure. Star fire starts and then the running backs might be disappointing. Yes, actually, Darrell Williams upside. did not get a carry last week. Oh, he didn't? No, you might have been thinking about the week prior. Uh, probably thinking about the week prior. All right, well, then, Darwin Thompson, yeah, sneaky start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you on everything you've just said, basically. <laughs> I mean, you're going to start all your big names on both sides of this ball. I guess the Darwin Thompson could be a sneaky start. I'm not starting any of them. Just an update on the running backs, though, guys. LaShawn McCoy is back at practice, so he should be almost a good go- to go. Uh, Damian Williams was not, so, but they seem optimistic about it. So just keep that, like I said, what Jib said, just keep that in mind going into Sunday. Maybe both of those are out, and then Darren Thompson's a starter, and then boom. You don't know what could happen, so just keep your eye out for that. You know, start your stars. That's, that's all I can tell you about this game. It's going to be a fun game. Fantasy apocalypse. Absolutely. But let's get into another game. Raiders versus Vikings. Biggest question that any Raider fan would know. Ask my friend Casey. But for this one today, Derek Carr, is he reboundable, Jibs? Is he going to be fantasy relevant for us this week or no? I mean, I don't know if he was actually fantasy relevant to begin with, but can he do anything? He's, he looked really good in the, for one drive against the Chiefs, but, I mean, everything just went downhill after that. He just couldn't get the ball out and do anything with it, it seemed like. He seemed unconfident in the backfield i just don't even know what to say about him he just he's a real disappointment after that mvp kind of season in 2016 yeah he's i I don't think he's worthy of a start to be honest like you said he kind of had a perfect matchup with the chiefs high scoring game he's gonna be a perfect game script for him to throw the rock and he did not throw the rock but now he's facing the Minnesota vikings on the road so I don't think, if he can't get it done against the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't have any faith in him to get it done against the Minnesota Vikings in their secondary. Yeah, it's just, it was a bit disappointing that he couldn't at least put some more points up besides 10. But the rest of his team, you know, the big three there now, uh, Jacobs, Williams, and Waller. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty confident about starting all these guys this week. They, I mean, even with... Their car sub-performances, they seem to be being able to put up at least fantasy points each week so far this season. They are all good starts besides Derek Carr. Like, fantasy quarterbacks can have bad, or quarterbacks have bad games and still have their skill position players that have good production. Darren Waller, he's been a, a gift from God for a lot of people. Picking him up late in drafts. Tyrell Williams as well, too. Josh Jacobs. People had their reservations for him, but he has produce maybe not like last week can follow up his week one performance but they're all good plays 
I know Josh Jacobs was dealing with the illness and the guard injury, so just don't expect like a monster workload that he had in week one. Maybe he could uh, receive some touches to DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, but not that many. And then Tyrell Williams, he has that hit pointer injury, but he feels like he's going to give it a go. I'll personally think Tyrell Williams is a flex play. Uh, I would say a middle-of-the-pack middle flex play just because he's probably going to have a Xavier Howard covering him. Xavier Rhodes, my friend. Xavier Rhodes, yeah. Xavier Howard, Howard is uh, Miami. Uh, yeah, Great corner. Best corner ever. Yeah, I, I said it and I was like, oh, that not sound No, he definitely has the flexibility as Williams, and you're going to start the other two for sure. But getting to the other side of the ball now, passing game. Vikings, can does this passing game come to life this week against a Raiders team that just let out 450 yards to the Chiefs? I don't think it will. It's still... Well, they're not going to get 450, but... Okay, so if you want to rephrase the question, yes, it can come back to life, but I still have reservations because those Vikings were down against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at Lambeau Field, and you know what they did? They ran the ball. Daffa Cook broke off with that another 70-yard-plus touchdown run, got him back in the game. They still kept at it. So I'm not expecting them to panic against the Raiders and start throwing the ball with Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to have a middle, I guess, like in between week one and week two. So I'll say like a high 20s in attempts, and and that's about it. But we, Diggs and Thielen both gotten a big chunk of their um, the targets, even if they have been – low attempts for Kirk Cousins the whole time. So, Dillon will get the yardage, Diggs, which makes him, a, I'll say, a low-end wide receiver, too. But Diggs is starting to have concern with me. It's just not looking very consistent out there. Like, I was watching my fantasy app for two hours last week, and it did zero, zero, zero touchdown. Back to zero, 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 zero. And then somehow he finished with 10 points or something. I don't know, but it's very frustrating. So, He's more of a flex play, wide receiver three, in my eyes. Oh, I couldn't agree more on that. I think this has definitely been concerning. I I think Thielen could have a great game this week. He would had a pretty decent game last week in a tough matchup. I think Thielen would be the start between the two if I had to pick one. So, But moving over to the next game of the day, probably another crazy blowout. The third-string quarterback, Jets, and Tom Brady's New England Patriots go at it today. Well, not today, but Sunday. Besides Le'Veon Bell, who seems to turn into a freaking machine apparently now. The Tonka again, truck, baby. The Tonka truck. Are you starting anyone else from the Jets this week? No, sir. It's not me, dog. <laughs> That's a great point. Fantastic. <laughs> but, no. Um, no, you're right. You're right. Why would you want to start anyone else? Third string Nick Folk. Luke Folks? Come on, guys. You're not starting anyone else. I mean, if you want to gamble your life away, Rodney and Robbie Anderson, him and Fult seems to be have a little connection late in the game on Monday night. That could be a possibility for you guys if you wanted to go balls deep into some uh, fun fantasy this week. But uh, I'm not touching anyone besides Zavion Bell. That's for sure. No, you don't want to be stressed in the fact that you started. You think you feel Joe Cool, and you're like, yeah, I'm starting Robbie Anderson. But it's not going to be looking pretty, guys. To your Monday night point, Luke Falk definitely got more acclimated to the game as it went down the stretch. But the, the first half or the first couple of drives for him, it's 
dump it off one yard in front of the line of scrimmage, one yard in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's not production, guys. Just get it straight. Le'Veon Bell not is. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, if it's not Le'Veon Bell, don't touch it. Just leave him alone. Just put him away. Sam Darnold will be back week five. Yeah. Couldn't agree more on that. That's for sure. Going over to the next, the other side of the ball, give me one running back and one receiver you're starting for the Pats. <laughs> it's so funny because we used to like complain that the running backs were so hard to predict in this offense. Now we have a receiver that's so hard to predict in the offense. And then now you have James White and Rex Birdhead who both receive the ball too. So it is a crapshoot. But for me, I'm still going to give it up to – it's so hard. It's so hard. Like, I'll give it up to James White, but the New England Patriots are probably going to play like some cupcake teams throughout the year, so I don't think he's going like, to be that into positive game scripts. But it's surprisingly, Rex Burkhead is like the flavor in between both of them. He's like the Oreo. He's like the cream filling between James White and Sonny Michelle. If you think about it, Rex Burkhead has 22.3 fancy points this year. He has 13 rushes for 65 yards and 88 yards receiving. James White, he has the most fantasy points on the team, 25.1 fantasy points. He has 75 yards a touchdown and 36 yards rushing. So in between all of that, and then you throw in Sonny Michelle, I don't know if you want to guess his fantasy points this year. It's half of it. It's 12.7. He has 97 yards rushing and a touchdown. So Rex Burkhead has a lot of versatility, and he's on waiver wires, guys. So if you do want a piece of this annoying pie, you pick Rex Burkhead. He's definitely the cheaper one. And there's probably a lot of James White owners who are trying to like, get rid of him. So you definitely could get him in the upcoming weeks. But I do own James White, and I want to hold on to him because I want to see if Sony Michelle or Rex Burkhead do get injured. They've all been injury-prone the last couple of years. It seems like James White's the only staple of the offense who's in and out every week. And then as a wide receivers, I'm just going to go AB as long as he stays out of trouble and doesn't get suspended. But their values will fluctuate throughout the season because of that matter. I'm not feeling Josh Gordon. I think Julian Edelman has his role in the offense, but they're all getting sliced and diced by each other. It's very frustrating. Yeah, for me, it's Sony Michelle, personally. They're going to be ahead of the game. They're going to run the ball. Late in the game, Sony Michelle's just going to eat up carries. That's all he does now. That's his limit. Unfortunately, he's not a passer. He's just they're going to be there. He's going to be their running back. And so if I'm going to go with someone. I'm going going Sony because he's going to get the, the carries near the end of games. I think personally. And on the receiver side, I'm going to go with AB still. AB, you could just after last week's game, you know, he automatically just jumps and got gets the the targets eight targets with the game. Everyone else kind of like. You know, they were there, but they just didn't have the target production as they did prior to A.B. A.B. changes a lot of things. So, for me, it's going to be A.B. on Sunday. That's the guy you want to start if you have him. And it's crazy because he had eight targets and didn't even know the playbook. Probably knew like 10, 15 plays, told him just to go out there and run slants and little fade routes. And then if you know. keep integrating this Patriot system, boy, it's going to be scary because he's not going to be out off the field just on certain packages. He's going to be in there. The whole time with Tom, with Julian, with Josh, and whatever running back or plotting out there, James Devlin. Yeah, you're right. Definitely right on that. But getting to the next game of the day, uh, your, Lions, your Lions, your Eagles versus the Lions. Uh, let's start off with the Eagles side of the ball. 
Do you expect Carson Wentz to still have a good game with his de- depleted receiving core? Do you start him? I I would start him just because I'm a fan, but I don't think he'll be. I think he'll be a low end QB this week for sure. He still got the job done last week with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson playing minimum snaps to his stint. The guy Nelson Aguilar, he may not be the sexiest name out there in fantasy, but he can catch the ball. He can drop balls too apparently, because we could have won that game last week. But he still has uh, Zach Ertz. He still has Darren Sproles. They will have a heavy dose in the, rushing, uh, the running game. So I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad start, but you just can't got temper expectations. I don't think he'll reach like his three touchdown like plateaus that he usually does on week-in-week-out basis. But I definitely see two touchdowns in his favor for sure. I'm not. Uh, I'm not starting Carson Wentz this week if I don't have to. Personally, this is a tough matchup against the Lions. I just I don't want to. I don't want to risk it. I'd rather go with someone who has a better matchup or better upside this week. Personally, so I don't. I don't think I'm starting Carson Wentz. Going into the running backs of the Eagles, do you expect them to actually perform this week, Chips? Do, are you starting Miles Sanders? Do you want to start Jordan Howard at all? <laughs> no and no. But I will have to say, if you are in some sort of a predicament and you have Miles Sanders or you have a couple people and you don't like their opportunity or or the matchup or something, I will have to say the Lions are in the bottom third of the NFL and rushing yards allowed per game. They'll allow 124 and a half rushing yards per game. That's a lot. So I think there's some value to exploit in the rushing game, but as we've seen in the first couple of weeks, it's just Miles Sanders not getting done, Jordan Howard some limited bases, and Darren Sproles seems to be eating up in between anything else that's left over. So it's just a sticky situation. I wouldn't start any of them, even though the matchup it seems favorable. I mean, the matchup is a bit favorable. He definitely don't start him yet until they can get actually the production on the field. You know, I still have high hope for Sanders to actually pan out. But this weekend, I would sit them if you can, just until there can be some more consistency or more positive game flow for them, because I don't expect that to happen this week. All right. All right, we'll switch it over to the Lions side of the ball. CJ Anderson got his pink slip last week. They sent him packing, and they brought back Joshua Perkins to replace him. So with that in mind, do you think Kerryon Johnson will go off with his new opportunity? I think he'll get more opportunity. Will he go off? I don't think he will go off. The Eagles have been pretty good at keeping the run under Vey. So I don't expect them to... I don't expect him to go off crazy for like 120 yards and like two touchdowns or something like that. No, he'll get more opportunity and he should have an okay day. But the Eagles are really good at stopping the run. They stopped AP. They stopped the Friedman, Devontae Friedman. So I don't expect that. I don't expect Carrion to be going off. But he should see more of an opportunity with... C.J. Anderson no longer in town. It hit the nail right on it. Um, Eagles, stout run defense, of course. Secondary, that's where the Detroit Lions are going to get their bread and butter this week. We're kind of banged up out there with our safeties and stuff like that. On to the C.J. Anderson point. I still don't think Matt Patricia is going to give him free reign. He seems to be off the Belichick philosophy to have a multiple back system. They still have Ty Johnson. Basically, it looks just like them on the field I kind of got confused with him too he could handle the receiving load a little bit and he didn't have a bad week last year week running the ball 
Yeah, five carries for 30 yards, six yards per carry. It's better than uh, Joe Mixon's uh, one point whatever, right? Yeah, 2.2, but yeah, pretty bad still. Can't. 2.2. 2.2. Yeah, 2.2. <laughs> but going over to, if you're saying your secondary is not that, is a little beat up as well, can TJ Hawkinson do anything in this secondary this week? He could, but it's all dependent on Matt Stafford. You saw week one, he had seven targets. He had a boatload of targets, and then it seemed like last week they didn't want to look at him. All right, so, so. you someone who might have picked up TJ Hawkinson after uh, week, yeah. week one, one of those two. And then you see someone like Jason Winton out there. Do you start Jason? Do you go and try to pick up Jason Winton this week and start him over Hawkinson? Depends how risk adverse are you. If you're two and zero, I'll be like, hey, I'm rolling TJ Hawkinson out. Why not? If I'm zero and two, yeah, I need some points, and I'm gonna expect to go with a match like Jason Witten. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna. I'm honestly, I love going for points, so I would go with Witten if you had the spot. But if not, just stick with Hawkinson. He's gonna eventually just do good at some point. And also, even though Jason Witten got that touchdown last week, Blake Jarwin pretty much had the similar production without a touchdown. So they're using two tight ends as it is. Detroit's using two tight ends as well. well. But, like, I just think the Lions spent, what, the seventh pick in the draft pick at this guy? They're going to play him. He's going to break out eventually, even though tight ends do find are pretty hard to break out first year, unless your name is Aaron Hernandez or I don't know. Now, well, going into our next game, though, we have, uh, I don't even know who, Panthers versus the Cardinals. Do we expect production out of the Panthers? We actually already talked about this. Huh. Cam Newton being out doesn't affect these guys as much. In fact, it drops them down a little bit, but they're still worthy with Kyle and Allen on the field. So, basically, roll, roll them out if you have them. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with you. <laughs> Do you think we could probably do like a couple starter sets with like the Panthers receivers? Because I feel like everyone's just going to keep going with McCaffrey as it is. So let me just get a, like a nice little list right here for you. Would you start DJ Moore or Demarcus Robinson? DJ Moore. DJ Moore doesn't want a piece of the KC pie. DJ Moore or Marquise Brown? Plays one. Who was it again? Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. DJ Moore or Curtis, Christian Kirk? DJ Moore. Stefan Diggs or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. <laughs> Moore is better. Julian Edelman or DJ Moore? Mm, Julian Edelman. And then lastly, we'll do someone interesting. We'll talk about him. Emmanuel Sanders or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. Okay. And then Josh Gordon or DJ Moore? DJ Moore. Okay, so you know how us. Coach Steve feels about DJ Moore. He's not going to be affected. <laughs> With those, do you think Curtis Samuel will be like the odd man out in a situation like? Um, it's possible. I mean, he's going to be a kind of boomer bust, unfortunately, all season. I, I know I was like really high on him, but they're just not using him the right. They're not using him as much as they should be, and it's kind of upsetting. But fortunately, I'm not the Panthers coach, so I can't help that. But yeah, it's a bit upsetting. Okay, so let's flip the side on the other side of the ball. We have the Arizona Cardinals. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are some high-end uh, flex play options for us. David Johnson did get hurt a little bit last week, and he hasn't looked like his old self from 2015, I believe. So do you have concerns with David Johnson? We all spent top six picks with him with the Zeke injury, I mean the Zeke suspension news. 
Not expecting the bounce back this week, personally. I think the Cardinals are going to be ahead in this game, I think. And I think they're going to use him. I think they really have to realize that like he needs to be on the field and be productive for them to win these games. Yes, he had a little injury, but he should be fine to be back up there on Sunday. So I'm rolling him out still. I have no issue with him. I think he's going to get back on track this week. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him. I'm not that concerned. He's still getting volume as a workhorse running back. Even though the production's not mirroring it with Kyle Murray's it's consistent play. But he's a rookie, so he's learning. And as he learns, the offense will evolve. So the Cardinals are going to be good. It's just time's going to be a play with those guys. But let's get to the next game. Giants versus Bucks. Daniel Jones starting his new career. <laughs> Hot, fresh start. Jameis Winston's looking to bounce back after some disappointing week one and two performances. But let's get on the Giants side of the ball. Expectations for Daniel Jones. Does he... Help? Does he make anyone worthy starting this week? I don't have high expectations for Daniel Jones, but seeing Eli Manning play the last two weeks, watching the games as they go, it's only up the Giants' offense, and that's just my opinion. Eli Manning looks arid on his throws, looks slow. This this looks out of pace. Daniel Jones could at least be mobile with his legs, make the play extensions, and have his receivers have the extra seconds to get past the corners instead of throwing it as quick as possible. I think there is concern for his turnovers and that he's on the road, but it is the type of big Buccaneers we're talking about, and their defense hasn't been that proved. It hasn't proved us that much, although they held uh, compromised Cam Newton to, I guess, 14 points last week or so. Yeah, but uh, do you think he can help get like someone like Evan Ingram a nice start of this week? Because... The Bucks have let up 10-plus points to their tight end so far this season. So Yes, I think Evan Ingram's in total mix. You know how the whole saying goes, rookie quarterbacks come in, they lean on their tight ends. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think if you guys have Evan Ingram at least, the rest of the offense might not be good. Evan Ingram can definitely see a big production this week. I'm the starting rest of the offense? Everyone. What about Saquon? Oh, okay, you're right, Saquon too. <laughs> well, Saquon's not, he's not part of the offense. He's his own person. He's his own damn person. But do you expect players like Jameis Winston and O.J. Howard to have great games coming back? Are you concerned with them? I think it's going to be a breakout game for the Buccaneers. This is this is like the get-right matchup. They were looking on the schedule and oh, week three, Giants, all right, we got this. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I, didn't, I couldn't agree on that. I mean, come on. This We saw like the Cowboys smoked them. Josh Allen smoked him last week. And if you ask me, I think Jameis Winston should be a better quarterback than Josh Allen at this state of his career. I think they could get their stuff in order. I, I think Mike Evans could be back in his wide receiver one day's waves. I think O.J. Howard could put something usable on the board, whether it's 5 for 50 or some, something along that, not zero catches for zero yards, not causing turnovers or anything like that. Definitely. I, definitely a big day for them. If you guys have your bucks, I think you can I think you can safely roll them, roll them out. Getting into the next game, some pretty big hitters. Texans versus Chargers, two pretty big division, not division, but AFC uh, battlefront people. Do you expect Houston's offense to battle back this week after a pretty like, mediocre performance last week? I believe Houston's offense could bounce back. The Chargers' secondary has been decimated with injuries. Like 
Chargers appear to have been decimated with injuries. No Melvin Gordon. That's not injury, but they're missing people. It's just Lamar. I mean, not Lamar. Sorry. Deshaun Watson, if that new O-line could hold up against the Chargers dynamic duo and Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, I think they will have a good game. They could ever have a good game. Um, I think... Carlos Hyde has a pretty decent game, honestly. I think if you could roll out Carlos Hyde as an RB2 slot, I would go with it. I think the Chargers have a pretty shaky run defense. As for the passing game, that's pretty strong, I'm not going to lie, but I think I think Deshaun Watson can battle back from that and end up having you guys a good week because he kind of disappointed last week, but I think they could end up having a really good week coming back. So uh, roll, roll them out for sure. Let me ask you a question. What's up? Give uh, give our listeners the coaches depth chart for the Texans. For the receiver core. Receiver core, yes. Who you who I like, or just the real life? Yeah, one? who do you who do you like? Not like the <laughs> not the real depth chart. I think everyone knows that one. No, I mean of course DJ Hopkins, DJ Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Personally, I like Kenny Stills better than QT, but QT is not playing well. Oh, he's not really on the field either. So that's how I look at it. All right, you heard it here first. We'll go to the other side of the ball, and we have the dynamic running back one of the year. Oh, man. Do you think the Chargers could possibly, I mean, the Texans could possibly slow down this man? Not even a little bit. He is a great player. He is just dominating this league. He's an RB1 right now in this league, and it's unfortunate that he's going to lose his job maybe or split time with Melvin Gordon when he comes back. Because he deserves his job now. He looks great out there. Even even his backup right now, Justin Jackson, is performing well enough that you know they both get carries, but Austin Eckler still just dominating. I don't think they're stopping him either. I just think his rushing effort might be ineffective this week. Or well, he only week. really rushes for like 50 to 60 yards a game. He's not a 100-yard yeah. rusher, so yeah, I he makes know the most out of his playability, his passing ability. Yes, and I was about to say that. But overall, he's still going to be reliable in their receiving game. PPR leagues, half PPR leagues, that is going to count. He's still going to get his safe floor of catches, his yards, and he's been reliable on the goal line, although he has fumbled a couple times as well. You know, he is their star player right now. Well, they're not their star, but he's one of their best players, and they're going to keep him going no matter what. I think you're set, as you're set basically. Pretty much. Six-round pick, baby. <laughs> yeah, they always come somewhere. Going into our next game of the night, Steelers versus San Francisco. Mason Rudolph starting his new possible career as a Steelers quarterback. Do you, what do you expect of this offense? In my opinion, it's a downgrade for the offensive players. I may give them a bump up in consideration once Mason Rudolph gets established in a couple games under his belt. But until then, James Conner, we draft him as an RB1. He's an RB2. Juju, wide receiver one. Wide receiver two now. I believe the only person that I could give a slight bump up to in a weird way would be James Washington since he did play with him in his collegiate days. But the Steelers' offense has not looked good, so I can't expect the offense to look better if they have a somewhat green quarterback on the field. No, definitely. I think long term he's going to be pretty decent. I think the offense will be pretty decent, but they're playing, they're going across country into San Fran. They're a pretty actually hard defense this year, San Francisco. And usually, you know, quarterbacks coming in their first game, they usually don't perform that well. So I think that you don't start almost anyone besides Juju. 
I guess if you're desperate, I guess you're gonna be you're your tight end position. Advanced McDonald's, you're gonna have to play him. But besides that, I'm not really starting anyone else. And yes, I'm not even starting James Conner if I don't have to this week because James Conner has been kind of ineffective still. He's a little banged up now. He almost could have missed multiple games, but you know he missed that luckily. And I think they're gonna get Jalen Samuels the ball more just because now that this concern with James Conner. So I'm sitting Conner this week. James Samuel's going to get some more playing time, I think. And I think you'll be okay as long as you sit James Conner. I just find it so hard to sit him. But everything you said there is so true. Like, I don't understand how this man was injured enough to get out the game. It looked kind of serious. They said he might be out multiple weeks. And then it's Thursday. I will say Wednesday, actually. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. No problem, guys. So... Something's not up, something's fishy with that. I think Jalen Samuels will be in the mix this, this week as well. Something's not adding up with all these reports, if you ask my opinion. Yeah, I think they might end up getting hurt this week. Wait for it. But, and plus, he hasn't been that good rushing the ball anyway. No, oh, he's been so, effective. So it's just, you gotta sit him if you can. I said it would be a good point. But going on the other side of the ball, ball <laughs> uh, the one big thing we want to really know is what to make of the San Francisco's backfield. I mean, all three of them put fantastic numbers up last week, but they can't do that again this week. Who do you really see being that top guy? Kyle Shannon, because he calls the plays. But it's definitely going to be interesting uh, when Kevin Coleman comes back. I think, in my opinion, it's Mostert because he could do it all. He could run the ball effective. He catches the ball. Matt Breida doesn't really catch the ball. I know he can, but they don't use him in that fashion. Jeff Wilson, I know he had an electric game in like the backup duty role. Like I said, when Tevin Coleman comes back, that's the fourth running back. I wouldn't be surprised they use him all, but someone has to go back to the practice squad with a roster crunch. So I think it's going to be Jeff Wilson. But Moster definitely uh, makes my eyebrow raise because of his dual threat ability. Yeah, I think most of it's honestly the he would be, he's considered the best running back on the team. I think Breed is technically the best running back on this team, but Breida gets hurt too much and he's he just doesn't play that style. Because when he's on the field though, he looks good. But Molster is someone who I'm going to start this weekend, and feel pretty confident about that he's going to be fine this week. So we'll go to the next game. Another big juggernaut versus the Seahawks. This was a pretty good matchup last week, but you know, fancy. It's fluid, it changes a lot. So It's Teddy time. It is Teddy time, but is it Teddy time? Oh, no. Because Sean Payton also gave the reporters a little news nugget saying, hey, I think I'll like these two quarterbacks. Let's get Taysom Hill in the mix. So with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill potentially helming the offense to success, what do you think the offense will pan out? I'll make this real fun and short for you. I'm sure you can, because I probably feel the same way you do. Teddy disappointed last week. I don't expect much from that. I don't think he has that kind of ball skill to to help this offense. Taysom Hill's going to get involved for sure. It's going to ruin everything. Mike Thomas is a downgrade, but he still will get his. I think he'll be okay for you. And if they don't know better, they better start running the ball. And I think Alvin Kamara could still, Alvin Kamara will still get his numbers. And Latavius Murray might be a little sneaky play now because they're not going to have that passing ability as great anymore. They're going to have to run the ball more, and Murray might get that opportunity now. 
Perfect. Appreciate Stop. it. Play Michael Thomas. Play Alvin Kamara. Do not touch anyone else on the field. Let's wait a week or two sample size to see what Jared Cook could produce with the new quarterback in, at the helm. So we'll go to the Seahawks. Chris Carson, he had a miserable game. If you say that at least last week, he was just coughing the rock up like he had a cold. Do you think Chris, I mean, um, do you think Rashad Penny will get more play? Rashad Penny get more play? It's real possible now that I'm, like, very concerned about this whole fumbling issue with Carson. I think he could end up getting more opportunity this week, and I'm looking very looking forward to see how that pans out because he ended up being very close in carries with Carson this week, so we'll see how that pans out. The Saints have let up some decent running so far this season, so I wouldn't expect them to not get the running game more involved this week. And to put another note, like I said in the last episode, Rashard Penny pretty, pretty much matched Chris Carson's efficiency last week. So if that does not give Chris, uh, Pete Carroll a little, uh, doesn't raise his eyebrow a little bit to get him more involved in the offense, I don't know what will. Uh, the receiving core might. The receiving core might too. But I don't think it's going to be that high of scoring a game. They are at home. The Saints are going to have some kinks to work out on this offense. I don't think it's going to be efficient enough to drive the ball down the field and have consistent drives, making it uh, Seahawks kind of let's run the ball till we can get out of the stadium type of game. I think the receivers will have production, but I don't think they're going to be hot as they were last week and the week before. I can agree on that to an extent. I think that... I think the passing game still produces. I think if you saw Jared Goff actually throw the ball on the Saints defense, they can. And Jared Goff was very inefficient this, so far this season. So I think Russell Wilson could end up having a decent game and getting Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and possibly David Morris coming back. He's a little sleeper ahead earlier this year. Uh, back on the field and get into this game. I don't think Will. I think Will Disley doesn't perform his two touchdown uh, points. Two touchdown game again this week, so he isn't someone I'm looking to start. I know people might be picking him up, a.k.a. our friend Nick Gabriel. Shout out to him. <laughs> but I think the, I think if you could start, if you have to start Metcalf or Lockett, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Oh, definitely not. They're both solid flex plays, if you ask me, especially Metcalf. Yeah, I, I like both of them going into this week. But going into our Sunday oh, night game my now. God. Oh, I didn't know Tyler Lockett went for 10 catches last week. Yeah, Tyler Lockett was a beast. Oh, my lord. He was a beast against the Steelers. FYI, if you have a slot player playing against the Steelers, start him because Debo Samuels, (laughs) uh, slot players go nuts against the Steelers. That's for sure. I'll take that back. Lockett could be a low-end wide receiver, too. But let's get on to our Sunday night game because we're getting short on time here. Rams versus Browns. Rams are stationary in this league. Ram- Browns are trying to get the going. Who tops the Rams receivers this week? Which two do you like the best? This week, I'm going to go Cup and Woods. Mm. Who do you got this week? I have Cup and Cooks. I mean, Cooks, yes. You have Cup and Cooks, definitely. I, well, at least we agree on Cooper Cup. Cooper That's Cup is a sure. beast. He His production isn't going anywhere. He's been solid so far. He is Jared Goff's little safety blanket, and he just gets it done. If you saw that one throw and catch he had the other day, he looked amazing. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm pretty mad that it didn't end up as a touchdown. But fancy guys will give it back to Cooper Cup down the road. I'm not really worried about that. 
I picked Woods because I figured Denzel Ward would mostly cover Brandon Cooks, which will limit his upside for the day. And that's my rationale for that. They're obviously all good plays. Just Cooks is more of that boomer bust receiver. More than likely now because Cooper, I mean, uh, Jared Goff seems like he doesn't want to throw the ball. and He's not having that much yardage and he's not going for touchdowns either. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. But I, I just I just see Cup being able to just air down the field. Not Cup, but Cooks get down the field <laughs> and catch a nice long ball for a touchdown at some point in this game. All right, so we'll go to the running game. This is a big week for Todd Gurley. Does he finally knock all the rust off? I think he does. Uh, I think he has the opportunity to really like do very well this week. I think... Week one was a big overreaction with Malcolm Brown now after not getting anywhere close to Gurley on snap counts or targets or carries. I think he takes the rain and goes over 100 yards this week, and you can start him knowing that he's going to probably give you RB1 numbers this week finally and have no concern with him. I'm in it for Gurley this week as well. It's It seems like Malcolm Brown took a slight backseat last week. And I think they're getting more trust from Gurley. Therefore, it's just a recipe for success for him this week. I think everything's going to match up. And if he doesn't get, like, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley numbers, he's still going to put up a solid RB1 week no matter what. He's not going to have those explosive 35-point games like he did the last two years. But if we can get anything similar to a decent 20-point chunk game, I'm taking that. But people who have not been performing very well for us are Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. Oh, crap. Yes, that's how I feel about it. Oh, crap. Not very well at all. Baker Mayfield has looked very poor out there so far. Yes, he threw a nice couple of touchdowns to Odell Beckham the prior week. But in general, he has not looked that good. And him and Landry have no real connection now. And I think it was shown last year a little bit that they didn't have that connection. And I don't think it's going to come. I think Odell gets the carries for the most part. Maybe with David Njoku out. But I'm concerned with both these players still. And this Rams defense is pretty tough. You hit uh, 100% agree with you. It's just the Beckham show, the Chubb show. Freddie Kitchen said he wanted to give Nick Chubb more carries. So that kind of has an impact on Landry as well. Like you said, Nick Njoku is going to be out for quite a bit. Not a very long time. So that does give a little saving grace for Jarvis Landry to have some more targets and opportunities in the receiving game. But like you said, the, I don't think the touchdowns are coming. The touchdowns are just going to OBJ and Njoku at the time. So he has to stay on your bench till Baker gets his shit together. Yeah, Baker needs to be a bench guy. He's not. St- I don't think I'm starting him this week. Nor am I starting Jared Goff, by the way, guys. We didn't really talk about him, but I wouldn't start Jared Goff either, personally. That Rams defense is pretty tough. Browns defense. Browns defense, yeah. Browns defense is pretty tough. But let's get into our last game of the night, Monday Night Football. <laughs> this is... Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Bears versus Redskins. Another stink fest. Do you, but I, there's some there's some questions to be answered. Do you, know, do you expect the, the Bears offense to rebound now against this Redskins team? I still think they're working for progress. I think they can definitely get some yardage this week. I think Allen Robinson and David uh, Montgomery are both startable against his Redskins defense. Of course, Allen Robinson is. I'm not trusting Mitch. Best friend. 
I don't trust Mitch either, but he has to throw the ball to someone, and he throws it to Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. They finally let him out the box after that crappy six-carry week one performance. He gave him 18 totes rushing the ball. So those two hand-in-hand are the surefire starts for the uh, Bears. Redskins, I still don't want to start anyone on the team. Maybe Vernon Davis if Jordan Reed's not playing again. I will start to give... I would give Terry McLaurin consideration, but he's going against the Bears' defense, so I don't want to touch him either. It's going to be a really tough watch, tough game to watch. Just a bunch of rushing attempts, and hopefully if the Redskins could produce some points, then the Bears' offense could open it up a little as well. Yeah, definitely don't want to start in the Redskins. Terry might be the only guy I'm willing to start if I had to, but... No one else is worthy of a start this week for me personally. This Bears defense is pretty good, and they're going to pretty much dominate this entire game, which will be something that no one will talk about come Tuesday morning. Yeah, don't start your Redskins, guys. Keep them on your bench. Go elsewhere, and you'll be okay. <laughs> yes, you'll be okay. Oh, Chris, what about Chris Dodson? I think he's intriguing, actually. He's intriguing if you're in a PPR league, but yeah. Maybe in a flex spot, maybe if you're in a 12-14 to 14 man league or later. But not worrying about him as much this week. I don't think this team overall will do that well. I still don't want to leave him now. I did forget he's on the team because he's injured so often. He did is. But that was a great point. We had to definitely know, let viewers know about him. But unfortunately, right. that is the end of our starting sets for week three. I hope you guys enjoyed him. Hopefully you got some good information that you can help you out with your own decisions you're trying to make this week. That's all we're trying to do, guys, give you guys the best opportunity to win. That's all we ever want. We enjoy you guys for listening. Please check us, check our website out, the www.thefantasycoaches.com. We have a lot of great content up there. At this point, hopefully, we have our start and sits as well. Articles up there. We have some buy low, sell highs up there. Some weekend recap stuff always going on. We'll have some, you know, what to look for coming soon as well. We have a lot of things going on up there, so we... We do like what we have going on so far. And again, please follow us on Twitter, Coaches Fantasy, Instagram, The Fantasy Coaches. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. Jibs, let, you let the listeners where they can follow you listen to follow you at. You can follow me on Hot Take Hot Show at Twitter. And guys, if you do have any questions throughout the week, late Saturday, early Sunday morning, feel free to tweet us. We will definitely respond back as promptly as possible to give you guys the starters say questions that you need or any advice in general like that. Yeah, absolutely. We've been helping some people on, on Instagram. A couple people we've, we've, we've just kind of reached out to who had just shown questions. We're willing to help you guys out and make the best decision, especially on either your startup sits or trades or free agencies. We're all here to help you out. So we appreciate you guys for listening tonight, and hopefully your players are helping you out tonight. So enjoy your football. I know mine are. <laughs>